From Christmas to the Epiphany to the baptism of Jesus, we have been seeing Jesus revealing himself, revealing different aspects of who he is. The birth of Jesus revealing that he is the long-awaited Son of David. The Epiphany that he is the true King come into the world with the three kings bowing before him. At the baptism of Jesus, we have Jesus revealing himself as the eternal Son of God. Now today, St. John tells us that this first miracle of Jesus, the beginning of his signs, revealed his glory, and thus the disciples came to believe in him. But what is it about this miracle that has the disciples so quick to believe? What glory is Jesus revealing to us? Well, we have to remember that Jesus doesn't just do things randomly. He's very intentional, very methodical. And so he chooses to have his first miracle, his first sign, to be at a wedding. And this is no coincidence. Let us for a moment go back to the scene we just heard. John wants us to know that where they are, they're at a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And something happens that every wedding planner dreads. They run out of booze. They run out of wine. And Mary is quick to spot the dilemma. She's a good mother, very attentive to detail. And she goes to Jesus. And very simply, she says, they have no wine. Now, on the surface, it may seem like Mary is just making a statement of fact. But I want to poll the audience for the second. Mostly married men. What does this mean when your wife says it? Honey, the trash is full. Yes, it could be a simple statement, but it really means, honey, will you please take out the trash? Thank you. And so although she makes a simple statement, there's an implicit request in her statement. With Mary, it's no different. She is implicitly asking Jesus to do something about the shortage of wine. And how do we know this? Well, Jesus responds and he says, Woman, how does your concern affect me? In a more accurate translation, Woman, what is it to you and to me? Why does this concern us? We are guests. It's not our responsibility. But this is not all that Jesus responds with. He also says, My hour has not yet come. A rather odd answer to her request to fill up the wine. But we know as we look at the Gospel of John that when Jesus or John tells us that his hour is coming or when Jesus says, my hour is here, it means one thing every single time. Jesus is referring to the Last Supper, his passion, death, and crucifixion. And so now his response becomes even more odd and maybe confusing. And when when his mom says, do something about this, he says, Mom, it's not our business, but also my last supper, my passion, my death has not come upon us. So what are we to make of this response? How are we supposed to understand it? Well, in order for us to really understand what's happening, we have to go back the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah has this prophecy, and for the sake of brevity, I'll paraphrase it. 
But he says that immediately before the time of the Messiah, there's going to be a shortage of wine. But then when the, when, the, when the Messiah comes, he will bring forth an abundance of fine wine. It will drip over the mountains, he says. And there's going to be a sacrificial banquet that he inaugurates. And all the nations will come to it. And through that banquet, sin and death will be swallowed up forever, he says. Now Mary knows this prophecy. Jesus knows this prophecy. And so Jesus is sensing an implicit request from Mary, not just to provide the wine for this wedding, but to reveal that he is the Messiah. He is the one to inaugurate this sacrificial banquet, this messianic banquet. And Jesus says, my hour has not yet come. The banquet, my passion, my death is not yet upon us. But like a good son, a good Jewish son, he fulfills the request of his mother. He provides wine for the wedding, but not just a little bit of wine. If you notice in the story, there were six water jars, 20 to 30 gallons each, and they filled them to the brim, which means that he made 180 gallons of wine. That's how we knew Jesus was Catholic. <laughs> and so he turned an abundance of wine, but it's not just an abundance of wine. Notice what the server says. It is the best wine. It is the finest wine. But guess what? It doesn't stop there either. There's more to the story. What does the waiter do? Who does he go to? He goes to the bridegroom. He goes to the one whose job it is to make sure that they have enough wine. And so, in essence, Jesus is taking on the role of the bridegroom. And through this miracle, he's saying, I am the true bridegroom. Now, if Jesus wanted to show us primarily that he was come to defeat Satan, that was his primary mission, he would have formed an exorcism. If he wanted to come and primarily tell us that he was instituting a new moral teaching, he would have gave us a great sermon. If Jesus wanted to tell us that his primary mission was to come and to cure sickness and illness, he would have cured someone for his first miracle. But no, Jesus for his first miracle takes on the role of the bridegroom. And so he is telling us that he is the divine bridegroom, the bridegroom Messiah. And he's coming to wed himself to humanity. He comes to save his bride through the messianic banquet, through the salvific and sacrificial banquet. And all the nations are going to come to it, and through it their sins and death will be swallowed up forever. Now our first reading is making sense. The other prophecy from Isaiah, it says, As a young man marries a virgin, your builder shall marry you. And as a bridegroom rejoices in his bride, so shall your God 
rejoice in you. God is the divine bridegroom, the creator, the builder that marries humanity. In the most profound way that God wants to show his love for you and me is through the image of a marriage. The love of a bridegroom for his bride. A love that is covenantal. A love that does not seek its own interest. A love that is patient. A love that is kind. A love that binds itself to the other person forever. And Jesus Christ, as he reveals himself to be the bridegroom of humanity, the bridegroom of the church, he fulfills Isaiah's prophecy. He is our builder. He rejoices over us like God rejoices over his people. And God's love, Christ's love, is passionate. It's relentless. His love is constant. It's persistent. And it reveals, he reveals his love at every single Mass. Why? Because every single Mass is that messianic banquet. It is that sacrificial banquet through which sin and death is swallowed up. It's the wedding banquet of the Lamb. And week by week, He wants to show how crazy His love is for you and for me, His bride. Just like every bridegroom does crazy things for His bride. The crazy thing that He does for us is He becomes present under the appearance of bread and wine. Because Christ, through the priest, now stands at the altar and he makes it even finer wine, which becomes his blood for our salvation. And he wants to communion with us. He wants to be one flesh with us. So who is Jesus, you may ask? Yes, he's the divine physician. Yes, he's the great victor over Satan. Yes, he is the great teacher. But first and foremost, he wants you to know that he is your bridegroom. And he comes to sweep his bride, the church, off her feet. He comes to sweep you off your feet and to carry you to the great heavenly banquet where only love prevails.